hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of in the huddle podcast i'm one of your hosts chris rotundo and i'm your other host sam gold and week three was another good one sam i enjoyed it um excited to hear about you and another experience at metlife with a uh pretty much one way ass whooping at the Bengals gave the jets um sam i don't have too much to say i'm ready to get right into it yeah same let's uh roll the intro You're listening to In the Huddle with Sam Gold and Chris Rotundo. All right. Um, so since we covered the Thursday night game last episode, we're going to go right into the Sunday slate. Starting with one of the best games of the weekend, we got Bills Dolphins. There was a lot of hype going into this, Chris. And, uh, you know, we both said that in order for the Dolphins to prove themselves, they rather got to keep this game very close or, you know, come out with the dub. And, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why the Bills lost this game. But at the end of the day, the Dolphins kept it close all day and they were out on top. And if you want to go ahead and talk about Josh Allen, and that offense and their issue with the clock, you can go ahead and do that. But, you know, they had multiple chances. Josh Allen missed that throw towards the end of the game for that touchdown, and then it was a turnover on downs. And then I have to say, even though it's a funny, it's a funny highlight to look back on for the rest of time, but the butt punt, I mean, that's just bad luck at the end of the day. So I'm going to go ahead and say the Dolphins earned this win, although I will, you know, credit Josh Allen for going out there doing as much as he possibly could with 400 yards passing um and people want to compare josh allen to uh guys they played two very different games you're not gonna we all know we're not gonna get the Tua game from last week every single week i mean Tua did exactly enough what he needed to do in order to you know put up the 21 points and have the dolphins win chris what do you think yeah i mean the dolphins they came out of here with the win now i wouldn't say this was um either save the bills one this wouldn't be a, a clean win dolphins won. i don't think it was a clean win i think the winner of this game i want to say more so escaped even if the bills won i would have said the bills escaped it was just a uh division division game uh it's going to be a really good rivalry for the next few years if these two teams can keep these cores together I'm excited for their next uh, game against each other. And I thought it was a fun game to watch. There was a lot of action, even though you would think, oh, 400 passing yards, and they only put up three points in the second half for the Bills. Um, Even with all of that, it was still a lot of action going back and forth. And I I had a lot of fun watching this game. And it's one that it's going to... It's going to be fun to see how the season unfolds. Now, the Dolphins, I'm going to say it, I think that at least right now, they, they look legit. This offense looks good. It looks explosive. They did what they had to do. They got weapons around Tua. And now who do the Dolphins play next week? They the play Bengals. the uh, Bengals th- Thursday night. Yeah, so short week, uh, some injuries on both sides. I know Waddle has a groin. Tua with the whole ankle, back, concussion protocol uh, fiasco. And then you have... The Bengals with Higgins with his whole concussion. Mixon is hurt. So the short week, I'm excited to see how that game plays out as well. Yeah, and we'll get into more next episode. I mean, the the Dolphins also have one fewer day to practice due to the hurricane. They had to leave one day later. So that's, that's interesting too. But one more thing about this game. 
you know, I'd say, you know, the Dolphins and the Eagles, they're the only three, no team teams left. And I think two biggest parts of these two, like the, the two most similar parts of these two teams, at least in the off season was they have great, they have great, they have a great roster, great coach. Can the quarterbacks do it? And I think, you know, we're going to get to Jalen Hurts. I think so far he's proving it. And, you know, with Tua, he's definitely – this is definitely so far he's off to his best start of his career. But, you know, I, I would say just – I'm still waiting on Tua. I don't think he's, like, insane or anything. I think he's just so far – he did what he needed to do to beat the Bills. The fact that Tyree Kill only had two catches and the Dolphins still won proves how dangerous this team can be on all sides of the ball. I mean, we're not giving enough credit to the, uh, the Dolphins' defense as well. So, I think all around just a clean game. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball for both teams. And then, you know, the offense, that that's what really kept the game close. It was the mistakes. It was the, it was the butt punt. It was the Josh Allen screwing up on the touchdown pass. And, you know, that just leads to an exciting ending where, you know, the bills kind of just pulled the Cowboys and credit to the Dolphins defense for keeping Isaiah McKenzie inbounds to, to seal the deal. And now they're three and oh, there you go. Now they have the lead on the division. Yep. And uh, Sam, I think we can move on from this game and move on to the game that you were at. I think in the introduction, we basically covered it. It was a one way ass whooping that the Bengals gave to the Jets. I didn't really see too much excitement from this game besides the Bengals. They looked much better. They were in that bounce back spot against a very inferior team. Burrow, he tossed up three touchdowns. Mixon, he got hurt. I don't think he played in the fourth. And then, like I said earlier, the T Higgins, uh, he's, I think he's back in concussion protocol. At the Bengals team, it looked better against an inferior opponent, and I really don't have too much to say. That's about it. I know for Jet fans, they're excited for this upcoming week because Zach Wilson comes back. He got cleared, so he'll be back, so they have something to look forward to. And it looks like they have something there in, um, in Garrett Wilson. He looks to be uh, a potential uh, real-deal receiver in New York. Yeah, um, when I was there, you could just tell it was a different atmosphere for the Bengals. Uh, they just looked way more focused. Just coming out of the locker room and sitting on the bench, you could just see they're all just ready to get out there and prove themselves. Um, and yeah, the the second the first drive happened for the Bengals, I was like, all right, they're back. They know they're they know what they should be doing. And it was just firing on all cylinders in the first half. And then the defense kind of just cleaned it up in the second half. And you know, that, that was really it for this game. In, in person, it was fun to watch, you know, the Bengals do well. Um I thought, yeah, T. Higgins, before he got that horrible dirty hit, um, that sent him in concussion protocol again. I think he, I thought he was doing amazing. He had a few really, really nice catches in that first drive. Um, but overall, yeah, Joe Burrow looked great. No turnovers, three touchdowns, 275 yards. And, you know, the, the story for the Bengals this season has mostly been about their offense. But I don't think we're giving enough – since they started 0-2 – no one's giving them enough credit for their defense. I think their defense has mass- massively improved this season. Um, they've given up six total points in the second half in the last two games, and their defense played pretty solid against the Steelers in week one. So I think that's something to look out for. In person, they looked a lot more aggressive. They got a ton of sacks, so much, a lot of pressure, two interceptions. So definitely look out for the Bengals' D. And, you know, if Burrow and this offense could keep it going and, uh, you know, just shake off that rust that they had in the first two weeks, I think, once again, the Bengals could be a dangerous team this season. Yeah, I can definitely see that. All right, let's switch gears to a uh, an upset this week. 
the uh, the Titans narrowly escaped the the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders dropping the zero and three. I don't think that's something I definitely didn't see. And now Sam, it's like you said. Now the Raiders are going to have to win five straight to get off to what do you say that five and three start they always get off to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. You're, I don't know. I don't think it's an upset though. I, I mean, I had the Titans winning, but I mean the way that the Titans have played the first two weeks of the season, I I did I definitely didn't see this. I thought the Raiders were going to bounce back against a team that. It just looked terrible. Derrick Henry got it going this week. Um, but I will say, Wall- the Raiders should have won this game. Uh, Waller dropped. Uh, one pass was behind him, and one was right in the middle of the chest that he dropped. So if he, he catches one of those different games. Then you have the two-point conversion that they get, they didn't complete. But the Titans were just a better were just a better team this game as well. They, they came out hot. The first half, they came out hot. They didn't do anything in the second half, but... The Titans, they got the win, and we'll see how they continue. I really don't have too much of uh, high expectations from this team. They were going to win. I just didn't expect it to be for this week. And just 0-3 start from the Raiders, it could, honestly, I think that this is a little premature, but it could be the end of their season, especially, because starting at 0-3, your chances of making it to the playoffs – are significantly worse from Owen from starting off 0 2 to 0 3. So the Raiders, they need to start winning soon and they have an uphill battle for uh to try and make a wild card spot. Yeah, I would have said the Raiders had a better shot if the 49ers would have won on Sunday night football, but it, it's looking it's looking it's looking dim right now and I love it. I freaking hate the Raiders. 0 3 worst team in the league right now by record. I'll take it. Um, and Chris, is it a coincidence that they finally threw uh, Derrick Henry five passes like you've been asking for his whole career and they won finally? Well, you know, that's good to see. But now it's the fact that they did it this week. They'll probably do it next. Well, this upcoming week. And then they probably he probably won't see three, uh, three catches the rest <laughs> of the season. They like to tease us like this. If he was uh, catching passes out of the backfield, this guy would be even scarier than he already is. So. I don't know why they just don't keep that up. You see the success that the offense seems to have when you do that. I mean, this is their best offense. I don't think it's a coincidence. Your best offensive game, and he has five receptions for 58 yards. So now just listen to me. The one injured, like, you kind of have to dump it off to Henry. Like, they should look at this and be like, yeah, why weren't we doing this this whole time? Like, I don't know. Like, Derrick Henry finally had his game. I think we all knew he was going to eventually, you know, do better than he has been, but. I don't know. They 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 got to be smarter than this. I, I Mike Mike Vrabel's better than this. Uh, at least they got the win. They almost blew it, but at least they got the win. All right, I think we're ready, right, Chris, to move yeah, on. Yeah, I really don't even want to talk about this game either, Sam. I have no interest. Oh gosh, my iPad is not loading. I lost the game, but I'm going it to is... guess. I'm going to guess that it's Bears Texans. No, 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 no. It's oh. uh, Panther Saints. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, here it is. All right. Yeah. Well. I mean, Chris, there's nothing. Yeah, there's, I guess, good for the Panthers for finally getting a win. I don't know. I mean, uh, LaVisca Chenault had that crazy touchdown. <laughs> we've, that crazy. we've been big LaVisca Chenault uh, <laughs> first episode of this podcast. I, I specifically remember in 2020 rooting for him on the Jaguars. And didn't I make like a bet that he had like 100 yards in a game or something? Something like that. And it, it, and it happened. It hit. Um, but for the Panthers, Baker Mayfield, I think we all owe Odell Beckham an apology for saying that, me especially, that he wasn't the same. Now we look at DJ Moore, and he's just absolutely plaguing DJ Moore in this entire offense. McCaffrey, he has 100, he has two games and he has 100 rushing yards. 
It's just uh, for fantasy value, he just isn't getting there receiving, but it doesn't help that this offense with Baker is just so stale. Is that even the right word? Then on the other side with the Saints, Kamara, he's in a really big slump right now. Uh, if you drafted these star running backs early in your fantasy drafts, it's been a struggle for you because it seems like the the no running back truthers who go out there and take a bunch of wide receivers are having all the luck early on. Chris Olave, man, he is something special. I know coming into the week, I think he had the most air yards by a receiver by almost 100 yards, and he put up a 147-yard performance. I think he's up to like over 500 air yards now. So if you're into that, there's something interesting right there. But he's good, and Winston's just chucking him the ball, and he's he's being productive with it. So a 100-yard game for him. I really, I'm a big fan of his, but I know I think Michael Thomas – got hurt in this game. I know Traquan Smith and someone else went down. So the Saints Jarvis, are going to Jarvis Landry also Jarvis got hurt. Landry. So three of the receivers right there all get hurt. Um, and I guess a little concerning for Alvin Kamara to see Mark Ingram getting the goal line work. I it's don't not- know if it's because of the injury and they're just trying to protect him a little bit, or if Ingram's going to become the goal line back. I'm not sure. I guess it's more of a wait and see type of thing being that He's just coming off injury. I wouldn't hit me hitting the panic button just yet because it's one game, but I would keep my eyes on that situation. Yeah, as a sad Alvin Kamara owner, this is it sucks because he actually is passing the eyeball test. Like he doesn't look he doesn't look bad as a player. It's just the type of opportunities he's getting is just it's not working out, especially for fantasy. And it, it sucks to see. I think a lot of it has to do with Winston. Um, and Winston, you know, I think I'll, I'll be the first two minutes wrong on Winston. He's just, he's back to his old ways. And yes, you could, you could blame his back, but I don't know. He's still making dumb decisions. Like broken back or not. If you watch the game, Jameis Winston is still making dumb decisions and you can't, you can't fix that unless he fixes it himself. Like, I don't know, two interceptions again, but of course the 350 yards and you still only put up 14 and lose. That's such a Jameis game. Um, like you said, Chris Olave. I mean, I was eyeing this guy for the Chiefs all the way back in 2020. I was hoping he would fall to the Chiefs at some point in the 2021 draft, but that wasn't going to happen. But he's off to a great start. And uh, yeah, with these injuries, I'm I'm a bit worried for the Saints. They're already one and two, and you know they play the Vikings next week in London. It's going to be an early game, a tough flight out there, a lot of injuries for them. So it's it's not looking great for the Saints. And then Baker Mayfield. He is the issue. If LaVisca Chenault didn't take it to the house for what, like 75 yards, Baker yeah. Mayfield would have had under 100 yards passing probably. So just overall ugly game. Both teams don't look good. Both are at one and two. Both defenses look good, but I don't know. It's just like you said, <sighs> Alvin Kamara, they got to get him the ball in better ways. Christian McCaffrey, they got to utilize him in the passing game. DJ Moore, I'm sorry for people that drafted him in fantasy. I mean, I, I've heard on podcasts that people are just already just cutting him straight, straight out. And, I mean, that's sad to hear because DJ Moore is a great player. He should go to, like, the Giants or the Packers or a team that would actually need a guy and then start using him. But, yeah, overall ugly game, Chris. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I agree with that. And I know we'll get to this game in a little bit, but touching back on what you said about uh, Jameis Winston making the dumb decisions, listen, Justin Herbert, I'll cut him some slack because he's in a whole lot of pain there. And 
he just right now he can't be the same quarterback that he was prior to this rib injury. Jameis Winston, he's making dumb decisions. I don't see Justin Herbert making these dumb decisions. Like, but we'll, we'll get to that later on, though. But if, I mean, I know I know if, what you're saying. If you know that he has a broken like back, then dump it off to Kamara. Like you have the perfect guy who's been doing this his entire career. How do you not have designed dump offs for this guy? Like. Like, like fucking five times a half. I don't know. I'm not even saying this is a pissed off tomorrow. Like, it's a half me being pissed off at fantasy and half, like, it's just logic. I don't know. Let's move on, though. Let's move on to, what do we got? Ravens, Patriots, the Ravens, 37 to 26. Lamar Jackson pushing his MVP. Uh, uh, I can't think of the word, but he's, he's at the top of the race for the MVP at this moment. Competing with Jalen Hurts. We'll get to that game in a little bit, but... I mean, Chris, this I I'm going to go out on a limb. This is only three weeks. I say Lamar Jackson looks better than he did in 2019. Is that crazy to say? I think he looks like a better passer and just as good as a runner. I, I don't think it's crazy to say. I mean, I want I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm just going to take a guess here. He has to be top five fantasy quarterback. And then say if you take away his, his passing stats, he should be top 10 as a fantasy running back as well if you put him in that category as well so he's top 10 in both running back and quarterback i'm gonna assume which is it's it's crazy this ravens offense is among the elite offenses so far the defense is where uh my big concern comes with the ravens you give up 26 points to a new england patriots team who has a awful offense which is a little bit concerning to me you did pick off mac jones three times but Mac Jones is also hurt, but I mean, the, the Ravens credit, credit to them. This team is coming out hot. JK Dobbins came back. Uh, it's, it's a big win. And as long as this offense keeps on rolling, I don't see this team slowing down anymore. It's just this defense needs to clean a couple things up because they gave up. Yeah, okay. They put the jets week one and then you had the shootout with the dolphins and now you're giving up 26 to a, a bad Patriots offense. A little concerning right there with the whole Patriots thing. You get a 42 and then 26. And then they have another tough matchup against the Bills. And then you play the Bengals. So you have some couple tough offenses coming up. But I just hope that they can figure some things out. And playing these tough teams will expose them a little bit. And they can figure out where to uh, clean up some of these messes that they have. Yeah, the Ravens have a few players uh, banged up. And the healthier they get, the better they will be. But, um, yeah, you touched pretty much on everything about the Ravens. One thing about the Patriots, obviously, is the Mac Jones injury. I've rarely seen someone in that much pain over what is just reported as a high ankle sprain. Now, I've never had one. So I, I, I understand it is a painful injury, but I, I don't know. It looked worse than a high ankle sprain. To yeah, me. I mean, these the reports are that sometimes these type of severe high ankle sprains potentially need surgery sometimes. I mean, who's their backup? Brian Hoyer? Brian, Brian Hoyer. And they said that if Mac Jones isn't able to go this week, Brian Hoyer will be the starter. So, but even saying that, they didn't even rule out Mac Jones yet, even though he is doubtful this week. Brian Hoyer will start, but it's the fact that it's weird that they haven't already ruled him out. I guess he must be doing better. I don't know, though, because he looked to be in a lot of pain and hearing that potentially surgery could be an option for some people that get this. I don't know. It's not a good start for their season. I I don't think Mac Jones is the guy who's going to bring them to the playoffs if they went, but 
still losing him and then Brian Hoyer having to come in. I just I don't see bright future for this team this season. Already starting one and two. Their defense is worse than we thought so far. Um, although I mean it's the Ravens. You can't you can't you can't harp on the defense too much, but still. Look, the Patriots running game is always going to be good. They'll always keep it close, you know, because Bill Belichick's still a great head coach, even though people are just dogging on him. But it's really not his fault. I mean, Mac Jones is – I don't think he's that good, regardless of the injury. But it, overall, it's kind of just a mess for the Patriots. And uh, I don't I don't know who they play next week. Um, Can we get a look on who they play next week? Because I, I, I don't – they play oh I was just looking at this earlier. They play uh the Packers. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that, that's literally a top three defense in the NFL. Um, let's see, week five. They play the Lions. So eh, I don't know. See, like I just it's looking bleak right now. It's looking very bleak. They they need to play the Jets as soon. <laughs> they need a confidence booster. <laughs> That's all I can see for for the Patriots. But, um, Chris, I have nothing else to say. Are we ready to move on? Yeah, I have nothing else. They can fly through some of these games here. Um, Lions, Vikings, 28 to 24. Vikings, Vikings get out with the win. Amon Ross St. Brown went hurt, went out with an ankle injury. I think it was ankle, but when he came back, he just didn't look the same. This game, it was fun, but it was one of those games that it was high scoring, but it just was one that I don't want to say was memorable. It was just it was just there. That's the best way I could describe this game. DeAndre Swift got hurt and Jamal Williams. Um, once again, I think I said this last week, Jamal Williams gets all the goal line work for this team. And now Jamal Williams is going to be getting all the work because Swift is hurt, which yet that's a big loss. And then we don't know how Amon Ra is going to be with this injury. Uh, but this Lions team, I know they're one and two, but the, the leap they took from last year to this year is just so much better. The leap Amon Ra has taken from last year to this year. Jamal Williams looks really good. Swift prior to the injury. He looks good. This Lions team just looks like it's playing with some swagger right now. And it's going to be an exciting team to watch. I mean, the, the Lions and Jaguars, two teams no one can really get excited about. They're fun to watch because you have Trevor Lawrence with the Jaguars, and then you have Amon Ra with the Lions. And you have playmakers on both sides of the ball. And it's going to be fun to watch these two teams with – um their head coaches just develop these these young players into uh, uh, perennial superstars in this league. Yeah, I agree. And this was huge for the Vikings to get this last second win. Uh, they really, really needed this. They've been off to some rough starts in the last couple of seasons. And a win against a division opponent who, like you said, looks a lot better this year is big. Um, for the Lions, you know, DeAndre Swift, that is pretty concerning. Luckily, Jamal Williams does look good. Um and I think, you know, their offense would be fine as long as St. Brown stays healthy as well. For the Lions, I don't think, you know, there's so much hype around the Lions, but their defense, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but their defense looks terrible, in my opinion. That's just, Aiden Hutchinson looks good, but in my personal opinion, I think the Lions have a bottom 10, maybe bottom five defense in the NFL. Um, they've given up 36 points to the Eagles. I think they gave up 27 to the Commanders and 28 to the Vikings. Just saying, Justin Jefferson has been shut the hell down in the last two weeks. I'm just saying. He doesn't even look good, in my opinion. So a lot of weird things happening. I know you said this is, this game is kind of there, but if you kind of nitpick it, there's a lot of things to take away from this, I think, mostly negative on both sides of the ball. So I don't know. Good for the Vikings, though. Dalvin Cook, you got to look out for that shoulder. Luckily, just like with Jamal Williams, 
I think Alexander Madison, Madison is like one of the best backup running backs in the league. So Dalvin usually does this. He misses a game or two a year and Madison comes in and he fills and in crushes, just yeah. crushes. I love Madison. I, I I'm a big believe. I'm a big fan of his. I really believe that he could be a running back one on a whole bunch of teams. I think it's good. Cause it's like you said, whenever Dalvin misses, he Dalvin misses what? three, four games a year, Madison comes in, and I say at least at least two of them, he always booms in fantasy, and he has 20-plus. I mean, I'm a big fan of his, but uh, the whole Justin Jefferson thing, people are overreacting. He had that huge game week one, and people expected that week two. You had primetime Kirk on week two, and then he just had a bad game this week. I think people are looking into it, and they see that 40-point fantasy performance or whatever it was week one, and they expect it every week from him. Newsflash, it's not going to happen. Okay, he had two bad weeks. It's fine. He's fine. It's a long season ahead. Just because he's a star receiver doesn't mean he's going to have these star fantasy performances week after week after week after week. There's going to be good games. There's going to be bad games. And there's going to be games when it's like, all right, he got 13 points, whatever. He's going to be fine. Look, yeah, I do agree. I think if you're a Vikings fan, you're hopeful because you saw that Jefferson did nothing. And a guy like KJ Osborne in his second season stepped up 73 yards. He got the game winning touchdown. And then, you know, it was also nice to see Thielen finally get back in the end zone after having a rough start to the season. So, overall, the Vikings, you play the Saints in London next week. Um, that, that's a winnable game. So, good on them for getting this last second win. But, uh, Chris, we can move on to Eagles Commanders. Uh, the Eagles beat the Vikings 24-7 to last week. They kind of have a similar game here, 24-8 to against the Commanders. And we were talking about Lamar Jackson, Chris, but I think Jalen Hurts is right there in the MVP race. So yeah, this this Eagles team is legit. You could say that they're the best team in the NFC right now. They are hot. Jalen Hurts, if the season ended today, he's my MVP. And it's him and Lamar. That's the MVP race. Uh, and Josh Allen as well. But I'm going to go with the two teams who are undefeated right now, just getting the edge. Um, the Ravens Hertz, are one. What was that? The Ravens are two and one. Two and one. Oh, you're right. But uh, I know. I'm but still the, put, I, I'm Lamar still putting Lamar. The Ravens defense, so it's not his fault. Yeah, I'm still putting um, Lamar right now. The top three yes. it goes it goes Hurts, Lamar, then Josh Allen for me. But you can you can have it any three way you want, in my opinion. But oh man, this Eagles team they look good. They're explosive, and for the Commanders, Carson Wentz um, officially off ever saying he's going to win another game. This dude sucks. Uh, they had negative one passing yards at one point in this game, and their first points of the game came from a safety. He's just not the same. He had that MV- MVP caliber season. He got hurt, and then they go on to win the Super Bowl, and he Chris, just hasn't been the same ever please, since. Didn't you pick the Commanders to win last episode, yeah. and you were literally oh. hyping up first points? Yeah, I mean, I thought this team was going to win, but ever Chris, since the MVP... Flip on Carson Wentz. I, I agree that he played bad, but you literally were just talking about how he was good. No, I'm saying back when he was with the Eagles and they had the MVP season, oh, and he was ha- last week that you were. Remember, I was making fun of you for hyping up Carson Wentz and getting on the bandwagon one last time. You got to pick. And all right, this is it. This is the official episode where you. No, yeah. Pick a side. What is he? Is he washed or is he hopeful? And oh, he sad. sucks. Okay, this this is. Right. This was my last ride. I am I am no longer going to compliment him ever again. Maybe if he throws for 10 passing yards in a quarter, I, I might give him a nice little round of applause. But this team, I thought it was going to be the defense that was going to be the downfall. And I'm like, oh, 
this is the best quarterback Terry McLaurin has had since uh, in his career. And it's turning out that this could be the worst quarterback Terry has ever had. Cause with Carson yeah. Wentz, I, I know Terry still at a hundred yards, but the way Just this a- office is Terry, Terry's running wind sprints. Terry McLaurin had 102 yards. He's been very, he's been much better in fantasy this year so far than he has last year. So I have to respectfully disagree that this is his worst quarterback so far because Carson Wentz had over 300 yards in the last two games and he had four touchdowns and three touchdowns. So, and he's yet Look to Look at have, you hopping on the Wentz bandwagon right now. No, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying I would not have Taylor Heineke over or Ryan Fitzpatrick over Carson Wentz in my opinion. But I will say, Carson Wentz, he looked like your typical fidgety, just couldn't do anything under pressure. But yeah, he had some garbage yards. You know, he got the two, two, two eleven, but I think he also had a fumble. Um, I want to say, although I wasn't really paying much attention to this game uh, because I was at the Jets game. But I don't even think it's the passing game that worries me for the Washington's offense. I mean, you got to look at this run game, and Antonio Gibson can't get anything the more than three yards carry on the ground. Um, they are basically just trying to dump it off to McKissick at this point to get any of the running backs involved. Um, and I will give it up to the Eagles defense, though. They've been really, really good this year so far. Um, and on the Eagles side of the ball, I think this, this was the Devonta Smith breakout game. Finally, it took him a season. You know, he had a solid rookie year last year, but it wasn't in comparison to a chase or waddle. Um, and I think this was a nice game for him, 169 yards and a touchdown. He had that insane catch all the way down to the one-yard line, and then that really nice touchdown catch. Um, A.J. Brown did his thing. Dallas Goddard, you know, a lot of people are struggling with their tight ends this year in fantasy. I picked Goddard in the seventh round in both of my leagues, and I'm very happy about it. He did get a, a shin injury and then came back in the game, so I think he's going to be fine. But I'm going to go ahead and say Dallas Goddard is the fourth best tight end in the league right now um i think he's really really talented but overall the eagles are dominant they got an easy schedule i could easily see the the eagles winning four i know this sounds crazy but i could see them winning 14 games this year if they keep it up just because of how easy their schedule is but um yeah just another dominant performance and i think we can move on to i want to say it's the chiefs game oh god is it the chiefs game it is the chiefs game Chris, let me get a rant out of the way for just really quick. Um, Where do I even start? I mean, obviously, I should start with special teams, right? I mean, that was – this is not recency recency bias. This was, in my 21 years of life, the worst special teams performance I've ever seen the Kansas City Chiefs do. And we are literally known for special teams as Dave Tobe is known as the best special teams coach in NFL history. And he just had his worst game here on Sunday. I had a feeling this was sort of a trap game. I still thought we would win. I still thought we should have won. But we literally tried absolute hardest to lose this game in all facets. Um, besides defense, and that's, that's an unspoken story of this Chiefs team so far this year. Our defense is actually pretty good. It's literally, let's, let's name all the special teams woes in this game. I mean, let's just start with the Skymore muff punt that led to an easy touchdown to start the game for the Colts. <sighs> I don't even know why we picked Matt Amendola in a six kicker um, showdown when Harrison Bucker got hurt. I don't know why we picked this guy. He's terrible. He missed an extra point. He missed a field goal. And then we decided to go for a fake field goal where Tommy Townsend threw it four yards on a fourth and 10 when we could have gotten an easy three points. I don't know why we did that. Um, 
I'm missing one. I'm missing another special team as well. Anyways, and then Chris Jones, apparently he was speaking abusive language to Matt Ryan, which resulted in instead of us getting field position and basically winning the game, um, they get the first down, they go down and drive and get the game-winning touchdown just because Chris Jones said some words. Like, after the play, we got a we got an unsportsmanlike penalty for just a defensive – oh, have you ever heard of that? A defensive lineman heckling at a quarterback? Oh, my gosh. And they won't even disclose what he said. So, like, all around, just a fucking mess. Um, and then if you want to talk about the offense, I mean, you know, just we had, what, two – Three good drives the entire game. I mean, we could have had like 30 points if we just fucking made our field goals and we weren't idiots, but I don't know. The run game was terrible. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, seven carries, zero yards, and a touchdown. That's one of the weirdest stats I've ever seen. Patrick Mahomes is our leading rusher, 26 yards, and I don't know. Juju actually looked good. Kelsey looked fine. Um just overall, it was just the weirdest way to lose. I don't know what it is with the Chiefs in the AFC South. We always end up losing these weird trap games, the Colts or the Titans or the Texans. And just not not a, not a good luck going into Tampa uh, this coming week on Sunday Night Football, Chris. I mean, I thought we were going to be 3-0. Now we're 2-1 coming off of such a stupid loss. Being in the stadium and seeing this game unfold was so frustrating. They actually showed red zone in MetLife this time, not like last week. So I was able to see some of the Chiefs game. And I don't know. I I thought the first half was fine, but the second half was an absolute disaster. And overall, I mean, we we could we can't possibly play much worse than we did this this game, which we could have still won, which is crazy. So I don't know. I'm out of breath, Chris. Just just take it away. I'm over. For this game already let's just move on to tampa uh really quick not too much to say about this game chiefs did not look good colts did not look good um the, clyde Edwards-Helaire had one of the most random stat lines of all time he had more rushing attempts than yards but he got all of his fantasy points through receiving a touchdowns i think jared mckinnon should be the running back one and i think he's out snapped clyde Edwards-Helaire as well so i think you're looking at jared being the number one back clyde he's just Simply not good. Uh, we trade for someone. Speaking of Alexander Madison, how good would he be on the Chiefs? Like, can we get him in the building or something? I please, def- I definitely think three months. Bring three months back. Let's make amends. Like, please, something to get the pressure off of Mahomes. Like, I didn't. This. I didn't even think about that. The Chiefs. I definitely agree. They should make a, a deal to try and bring Madison in. That would be. I, I like that. That wasn't even a team on my radar for it, but seeing how bad Clyde is, you could have a little bit of a dual backfield with McKinnon and uh, Madison. That would be great. Uh, make the offense a little uh, more explosive, but I keep on seeing Mahomes trying to get Valdez Scantling involved. And one of these games, Valdez Scantling is going to have a long touchdown to the house and you'll see him with like six catches and 130 yards and a touchdown. And I'm waiting for that game to happen. And I, I think it's happening soon. I hope, I really hope, because, look, all right, Chris, I think we just horribly lagged out. I think it's for the better of me since I was just ranting on and on about the Chiefs. So let's move on to the final one o'clock game, Texans-Bears. What did you think about this close but pretty much boring game? Um, not. I honestly don't even remember too much. All I really know is that uh, whenever – 
Amon Ross St. Brown does something. His brother, Equi- how do you say his name? Equinemius St. Brown? Is that it? You can always find him doing something. Uh, I know. And the biggest story, David Montgomery went down, got hurt, and Khalil Herbert carried this team on his back for the win. Cole Komet finally got two catches on, on the Texan side. Damian Pierce looks like he's probably going to be, for my guess, um, an RB2 for your fantasy team. I don't see him having that RB1 upside, but he's finally been out snapping Rex Burkhead. He's getting the bulk of the carries. Week one was just a fluke, a little bit of overreactions, uh, just two bad teams going up against each other, and somehow the Bears have a winning record. Yeah, I told you the Bears have to get the three and two somehow. Uh, they play the Giants next week. That's a winnable game. So that's just how they roll. Um, and, you know, yeah, basically the Dave Montgomery injury now it's day to day and Khalil Herbert. We This has been, I feel like, the episode of mentioning handcuffed backup running backs that are really solid. And Herbert just falls into that category again, I think, especially when David Montgomery's prime you know, he's definitely at the end of his prime. So I think when his career's over or if he gets off the the Bears, they're fine. They have Herbert. That's their guy. It's just really fields. That's it. Two interceptions. What do you have? Like 10 completions today. That's that's better than last week. But eight for 17. I mean, he just eight, I know eight. I know they have like they have literally no weapons, but even with no weapons, I know this this argument is kind of weird, but he just looks bad, even with the weapons he has. I feel like in, in your second year, you should look better than this. Yeah. And honestly, I'll give it to Bears fans. I think they're finally even mentioning it. They, they could see it. It, it. It's sad because we're all rooting for fields. Who knows? Maybe we'll go to another team and look better. But right now, it's 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 not looking too great. But um, I mean, they have and- no weapons. But at the same time, fields might just I feel the other way we have to look at it. Fields just might not be that guy. It's true. It's true. And on the other side of the ball or the other team, I don't think this is going, I don't think this is said too much either. Uh, Davis Mills so far doesn't look like the guy. I mean, he was struggling a lot in this game. Now I think the bears defense is really good. Jaquan Brisker and Jalen Petrie, two risk uh, rookies just went off in this game. Petrie had two interceptions and a sack, but um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about the Texans. I mean, we already know they're gonna they're gonna tank for a quarterback probably, but I think we were all rooting for Mills Mafia, and uh, it's 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 not it's not looking like that right now. So, but yeah, besides but, the overall close game, nothing really much to take away from it. Yeah, we spent too much time on this game. Let's go to a game that some might say was a upset. I didn't see it playing out this way. Jaguars Chargers. Jaguars easily handled the Chargers, thirty eight ten, and what some might call this being Trevor Lawrence's quote breakout game i saw flashes of greatness there some of those throws he made look like throws only the likes of patrick mahomes and josh allen's could make but this guy was making throws that you had to put the ball in that spot and that little window for it to be caught and he was doing that he looks good new coach you you overpaid for some offensive weapons but it's paying off because you see the leap already through three weeks and week two that this guy has taken and uh, he's looking to be like the guy that they thought they drafted out of Clemson. He looks to be hopefully the real deal. And I'm just excited to see him progress throughout this season. On the other hand, we have, we have Justin Herbert, who he looked to be in pain this entire game. This offense just didn't look that good. Austin Eckler's usage is concerning. Keenan Allen should be coming back this week. And I'm not going to give too much shit to the chargers for this. I know 
uh, all the injuries they're dealing with, especially with your star quarterback. So I'm going to cut them some slack with this one, but I don't want them to take away anything that how good the Jaguars look this game and especially Trevor Lawrence. It was a fun game to watch if you're a Jaguar fan or if you're like, I feel like us who want to see this Jaguars team be, be successful. Yeah. Um, you know, as a Chiefs fan, watching the Chargers get injuries and then on top of that, disappoint and start one and two. Sorry, guys, but that's the most Chargers thing I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, the fact that you had just I, – I get it. They went down in this game big. But the fact that you made Justin Herbert throw it 45 times and you didn't even bring in Chase Daniel towards the end of the game, like, what are you doing? At that point, just rest Herbert, like – you could you could clearly tell he's not throwing a hundred percent and he he's in pain. Like I don't know. This game was a mess for the start for the Chargers. And um, you know, that's not to take away that their offense, although Keenan Allen was out, I, I, I don't like their offense right now. Their running game is terrible. Austin Eckler, he's been absolutely ghosted. Four carries. He did have eight catches in garbage time, but I mean besides that, I mean, four carries five yards, that's terrible. Now I shouldn't be talking because Clyde Edwards Alaire is terrible too but at least you got a touchdown um but i mean you look at it and it's clyde and austin eckler um one running back is elite and it's a pro bowler and the other one is just some backup running back yeah so well yeah well yeah all right um and by the way as a mike williams fantasy owner you know if you want to talk about the eyeball test yeah he looked great on his one catch that he had like this really what i'm spending a third round draft pick on is i like i get it the joke around him is that he just booms or busts but like seriously keenan allen's out like how do you only have one catch luckily it was a touchdown but just so it's so annoying and then on the flip side a guy who i put barely any and stock into and christian kirk has gone out there and he looks like a top 10 receiver so far so i guess it makes up for it but yeah like you said trevor lawrence he actually looks like like like, like a baby justin herbert right now i gotta be honest He's uh, he's improving every single week. You know, they, they still looked good in their loss against the commanders as well. So I think overall the offense, we talked about James Robinson last week, just absolutely tearing it up after the Achilles injury, which is a miracle. ETN has looked good on his touches. And then Zay Jones, very underrated, 10 catches, 85 yards and a touchdown as well. So all around the pieces are coming together for Jacksonville. You could already tell that Doug Peterson has made just such a difference. And they have sole possession of the AFC South at two and one. So, I mean, it's crazy to think about this, but Jaguars playoff. Are they that team? Are they that team that um... home playoff game? I mean, you got to give it to their defense too. Their defense looks phenomenal. That Devin Lloyd pick is looking pretty good right now. Uh, in the late first round, he had another interception in this game. There's, there's always that team that nobody thinks will make the playoffs coming into the year, and they surprised the world last year. Bengals, I'm... this year. Could it be Jacksonville? Could it? Are we going to have a, a like a 2017 kind of season? I mean, you remember two teams that made it to the championship game in 2017. It was the Jaguars. And it was the Eagles. I don't know. I don't know. Five years later, can we get uh, the same? Kind of- uh, 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 well, that's exciting. Also, Chris, that also means that these Steelers would have to blow it to the Jaguars in the divisional rounds. And well, Mark, I they don't throw think it's going to happen against the Chiefs. So, well, you know, the Steelers. Steelers can't score touchdowns, so they are not going to win games. If you don't score touchdowns, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, my Wi-Fi sucks, so you have to tell me what the next game is here on the slate. All right. It's uh, Rams-Cardinals, and 
I guess the story about this is they need the the Cardinals need to make sure that Kyler doesn't play any more Call of Duty because he looks awful. I know he had 314 yards, but they were just chucking the ball. And this team is off to a terrible start. One and two. The team just looks bad. This it's team just, just consistent. It's it's just bad. And Kyler, he usually doesn't get off the starts like this, but this is just different. We we said that this team wasn't going to be that good this year. They were going to take a, a, a step backwards, but I honestly didn't think that it was going to be this bad so quick. I thought they were going to get off, be a little competitive, show some fire, but just lose some close games and just have some bad luck along the way. But no, this, this just looks like a bad football team that just can't compete with the big dogs anymore. And they have to do some soul searching this team. They're going to get Hopkins back in a few weeks, but I don't think that's going to make a difference. I know they're a little banged up on offense. I don't know how much of a difference that's going to make. I think we'll improve a little bit. Um, but if Kyler still plays, oh, he's playing right now. I don't care who they have. It's not going to make a difference at all. Just looks bad. I know, the, I know the Rams were a better team. And this Cardinals team, they took Cooper Cup out of the game. Cooper Cup did all of his damage in the first half. I think he had one catch in the second half, and he finished with 16 fantasy points. He had a rushing touchdown, didn't even have a receiving touchdown. Uh, it was just one of those weeks as well, just kind of going off topic a little bit. All the big name receivers just didn't hit, which I thought was interesting. With, yeah. Like, you had, like Jefferson Diggs, Cup, you had she- Jamar, Adams, like none of them really went off for like a smash, like a smash spot, which I thought was, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, but back to this game, Rams, they, they get a win, uh, kind of just, a good win against inferior opponent. Nothing really to talk about. Nothing to be like, oh, this looks really good. Just concerning in a situation to monitor with how bad this Cardinals team looks. Yeah. I actually think the Rams have low-key did not look good in this game, at least offensively. But it's going to go not talked about because of how bad the Cardinals were. Yeah, um, they're getting overshadowed by even worse performance from the other team. <laughs> yeah. you Kyler Murray, you say 314 yards. But if you have 314 yards on 58 attempts, there is something Mm -hmm. deeply wrong. And I'm not going to put all the blame on Kyler. Look, they have injuries, and Cliff Kingsbury is Cliff Kingsbury. However, I think something that doesn't go talked about enough is why do these teams with, with, with the athletic quarterbacks and, like, Kyler Murray, why do they never invest in the offensive line? Like, they're just going to be like, oh, he's, oh, Kyler's fine because he'll just scramble around and make a play. Like, no. Do you realize how much better Kyler Murray would be if you put a good offensive line around him? Like, stop putting all of your, all of your stock into these weapons, into the Mar- Marquise Browns. Yes, he had a great game this time. But, like, if Kyler Murray is that guy, build the offensive line around him. Like, that, he, that's what it really comes down to. That's why he had to scramble for uh, 80 total yards in that two-point conversion against the Raiders. Like, it, it's not the it's not the weapons that are the issue. It's part coaching, but like Kyler has no time to throw it, and then he's forced to rather have what what was it twenty one incompletions, throw it like two yards because there's like nothing else available in that quick of time. So I don't know. I think it's just a mess for the Cardinals right now. Yeah, um, another team that te- yeah another team that looks like a mess is the uh, Packers and the Bucks. Uh, this was a very bad game on both sides. Offensively, the Bucks they, they just don't look that good. They, I don't know what's going on with them. I don't know if it's something going on with, with the. I do the offensive line definitely is a big point. They have been injured a little bit, but Brady just doesn't look the same. 
Is it the age? Is it the the, the home issues going on? There's a lot well, to be spoken. Chris, we're forgetting uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Julio Jones were all not in the game. Brady only had 11 incompletions for 270 I, touchdowns, so I actually don't think it's on Brady as much as you e- think. Even even when the season started, something just has looked off about this team. Uh, I don't I don't know where to go. Could it be Todd Bowles being the head coach now? He wasn't that good with he wasn't that good. He wasn't good at all with the Jets, and now he's the head coach for the Bucks. It, it could be that. I know. They looked a lot better with Bruce Arians. I know they're missing guys on offense, uh, the offensive line, receivers. I get all that. But even from week one when they were there, it just hasn't looked the same. And something's definitely off with this team. When they get their guys back, maybe it's an overreaction from me. Uh, I don't know where to look. Could it be Could it be the head coach? Could it be Brady's home life? I'm not sure. But this <laughs> Bucks team, it, it's, it's concerning for me. I don't know. I mean, I, I take a sports – uh, analytics class and we had to look at who gets who has to get the ball off the quickest and it is Tom Brady at like 2.3 seconds or something which is nuts I mean he already gets the ball off quick but that was mostly in his career because of just how smart he was and how good he was but this time it feels like it feels more forced so that's why I feel like it's more off I mean it definitely has to do with the injuries to the offense line and then I think I, I, I know you think it could be something else but i do truly think once mike evans and godwin come back that this offense will be better um and i think you got to give crack uh credit to the packers defense i mentioned this earlier they are a top three defense in the nfl they have been building all these young guys for the past five seasons and now it's all coming together um and the packers just look dominant and they went up like 14 to 3 what was in the first in the first half and that was basically – that's how good their defense is. That's all they needed to do on offense was just get the two touchdowns early. Rodgers looked decent, and then they kind of just had a bunch of punts and that one interception in the second half for the Packers' offense. And, you know, we could, we could go all day talking about the offense for, for Green Bay, but just like Brady, it's Rodgers. They will get better as the season goes on. Lazard looked better in this game. Uh, I think Romeo Dubs is starting to finally become one of those guys for him. So, I like him. He's not, good. He's good. Yeah, I'm not too concerned. I think this was more just a, a, a defensive battle, honestly. And the Packers deserved to win this game. They had a great two-point conversion breakup. You know, it made for a fun ending for that one drive uh, for the Bucks to happen and get that touchdown. But I think deservedly so. The Packers sit here at 2-1 and one with a pretty dominant defensive performance. Yeah, just a gross game. Came out of the defense. Offense really wasn't there. A game that had more offense, though, uh, Seattle and the Falcons, both quarterbacks. I know this game put up points, but both quarterbacks just look bad. Geno Smith versus Mariota. Hard to get excited about a team like that. But we did speak of this could have potential shootout and uh, high offense. And that's what happened, 27-23. Uh, the Falcons, Cordell Patterson at 100 yard, 140 yards in the ground. Pitts, he had 87 yards, but him having 87 yards and five catches, it feels like feels like he has 200 yards and two touchdowns just because of how quiet he's been recently. Uh, Falcons escape with the win. Mariota throws that late, has throws that interception late, and then they end up getting the ball ball back. Good defensive uh, stand by them, and Falcons hang on late and escape 27-23 and. Both both teams, they're they're interesting to watch because it's interesting for for Seattle with how how bad this team is to see how DK Metcalf and Lockett will 
will perform. And they seem to be fine. Geno Smith, he knows where the ball is to go. He knows that those are the two playmakers. And on the Falcons, a quarterback like Mariota, who he's not very good. Uh, you have Pitts, Patterson, and you have London, three guys who are just guys who in one play can take it 50 yards to the house. So uh, interesting situations to monitor there throughout the season uh, for fantasy owners more specifically. And that's really all I have to say about this game. Don't really care about, I know there was more going on in this game, but really nothing to impact uh, any playoff implications this early on. So I really don't care about this game that much. Yeah. I'm flat out going to refuse to talk about this game. I, I just, I just genuinely think it wasn't important. I I totally agree. I, genuinely, I, I know this, Falcons and Seahawks fans. If you're listening, you want to hear our intake on your team. I'll, I'll talk about more of you guys when in the in the week four preview. But this game is honestly just it could have been anyone's to win. And kudos to the Falcons for not blowing it. But yeah, Sam, it, it really does not matter. Even even this next game we're gonna we're about to mention. I literally don't even want to spend. 30 seconds on this game, Sam. I, you can already guess uh, which one of these shitty games it was. Shitty primetime games. Well, I could do it for you because I, I know it's the 49ers game. I can go quick on this. Very pissed off that the 49ers blew this game. Um, I would have loved for the Chargers and Broncos to go into week four at one and two. Um, but either way, I'm not worried about the Broncos. They look terrible once again on offense. Oh, kudos to Russell Wilson. He put together one drive in 60 minutes to He said that was championship football. That's what he said. No. Um, Their running game was terrible. Javante Williams only averaged 3.9 yards carry. Wilson looked shaky. Cortland Sutton is pretty much so far the only bright spot on this offense. Um, You got to give it to both defenses. I know know both offenses suck, but they – the defenses still look pretty good. Um, Garoppolo, I mean, we can make memes and talk about the how he stepped out of the back of the end zone, but like, what it's it's whatever it happens, it's embarrassing. But that's not what that's not what lost in the game. It was just, you know, Jeffrey Wilson. He got he got peanut punched at the end of the game. They were driving down for the game winning field goal, and you got to give it to the Broncos defense. They made a play at the end of the game. It was very very ugly. I will. You can't pay me to watch this game again, but. Yeah, it was just – I was falling asleep on the couch watching this, to be honest. Yeah, I'm just going to transition on to the next game because that game deserves no more talking. But maybe the Broncos need to look into firing their coach. We'll see. I mean, they're 2-1. and one. We'll see. Uh, they're going to give them the season for sure. Well, that's going to be painful to watch the rest of the year. Oh, don't even want, don't even want to think about how painful that team no. is going to be looking. I would love for him to stay as long as he you, can. You, you want him to stay, but just from a non-biased <laughs> point of view, it's it's terrible. Anyway. Raiders, keep their car for as long <laughs> as you want. And Broncos, please keep Nathaniel Hackett for forever. <laughs> all right. Uh, Cowboys, Giants. Cowboys come out with a win here. And for all the drops that C.D. Lamb had, uh, Cooper, Cooper Rush, he looked fine. Uh, on the other side with the Giants, the offensive line looked terrible. The Cowboys – we're just abusing Daniel Jones out there, getting to him every which way. The Giants, uh, they lo- they lose Sterling Shepard for the season with the torn ACL. That's a big loss for them. Kenny Galladay, he needs to get arrested for robbery, stealing, what was it, $75 million, And he is just, he's on the trade block. I think he's going to get traded here soon, but I don't know who's going to want him because he looks terrible. So he goes from leading the league in touchdowns one year to now he is over a season without even having a touchdown reception. He looks awful. 
And that's really about it. Cowboys are somehow two and one without Dak Prescott. And they have another very winnable game next week against the commanders who have given up 15 sacks in the season. And the Cowboys have the most sacks this season at 23. So it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I don't even care about that game that much. Uh, Wentz is going to be throwing interceptions left and right. The Cowboys are going to be getting pressure, and Cowboys will probably win that game. So you know where I'm headed for next week for who I'm going to – well, their next episode, who I'm going to pick for that game. Um, I'm, I think you owe me an apology for, uh, for uh, saying that I was no fun for picking the Cowboys to win this game even though we all saw it coming. I think I also had the Giants scoring 16 points. So, you know, pretty spot on with this. And I don't have anything to say, honestly, besides Saquon looks good. But Giants fans, it's so funny to see Giants fans still try to make excuses for Daniel Jones. I don't care what rep. It doesn't matter what weapons you have around you. If if you're a franchise guy, you're a franchise guy. And I'm pretty sure you would figure that out after year four. Like, stop making excuses for the guy. Your team sucks. I know I seem like the biggest Giants hater on this podcast, but, I mean, the truth hurts. Sorry. Daniel Jones doesn't look good. I don't care. I, I really don't care. Just keep Saquon and just start rebuilding with a new quarterback next season. Keep Brian Dable, though. I like I like him. But, yeah, yeah. that's pretty yeah, much Yeah, I mean, I just have to say, I think I owe Giants fans an apology for saying that I don't think Saquon was that guy anymore. He came back uh, his second year after the ACL tear, and he looks to be better than ever. He looks good. So I'll take the L on that one. I'll take the L. We, we often take L's once in a while in our life, and this is one I'm willing to take. But that's about it. I really have nothing else to say. It sucks how the game started out on such a high, and as they went on, they got worse and worse and worse. Yeah, we kind of fizzled out towards the end. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see you guys um probably tomorrow or Friday once again for the mm-hmm. week or preview. I'm finally not going to any more uh, MetLife games. So you be- get the witness red zone. I know it's about time. I get to sit on the couch and enjoy red zone. So that should be fun. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys for the next episode. All right, guys, we'll see you guys later.